0: Hi everyone, good to see you guys and also through live stream. Uh, I would have thought that in November we will enjoy 70 some degrees, right? It's, I think year 2020 has been very interesting in many different ways, uh, but still a blessing that God is giving us uh, today for our, our church to gather, perhaps one last time, uh, worship together in person and uh, good to see you all here and uh, I think I see some new faces, you know, welcome if you're new to our church today. Uh, maybe you're not new, maybe I'm just mistaking you for new people because I cannot really see the entire faces, but regardless, you know, welcome to our service. Um, so Pastor Zhang is, uh, me and Pastor Zhang kind of swapped the schedule today, so he spoke at FNL this past Friday and I'm speaking uh, on Sunday this week. So we'll take a little break from Book of John. And, but I've been really appreciating uh, him preaching through the Book of John because we got to know who Jesus is um, and really got to uh, learn how to approach him and how to go deeper in our faith in him. And uh, But today, we'll be looking at different book, Philippians. Uh, but we'll see that here in this passage also, we'll get to learn more about Jesus, his nature. So I hope it's helpful. So please turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Uh, If you're here in this parking lot, uh, if you have the bulletins, uh, the the whole passage should be printed in there so you can follow along. Uh, But again, the passage is Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. It says, Have this mind death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. That's the word of God. Please bow with me. Uh, as we pray before we uh, delve into the passage. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for uh, this time that we can uh, worship you together. Uh, In fact, be fed by you uh, through the word and through one another, uh, these means of grace that you have given us. And truly, the the time of pandemic has been uh, tough for our church and for, in fact, everybody, uh, you know, believers or unbelievers alike. Uh, but we know that our hope is in you and that you use times like this where you speak to us and open our hearts and change us and comfort us and encourage us. So Lord, use this time. Uh, use uh, this servant of yours. Help me to be clear in your word, uh, not not more, not less, just your word so that we can really hear you, and uh, uh, be touched by your presence and your voice, God. But thank you again for this opportunity. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, just really quick, I think this week has been interesting, right? I think for our nation, uh, because of the election, and it took longer uh, this year because of uh, the you know, pandemic and all the other factors. Yeah, but not going into any politics here. Um, I just noticed one thing this week, which is that I think whenever, you know, we expect a new president, um, I think all of us have this hope that the new leader will use his or her power to serve and benefit us, those who are being led, as opposed to the president, you know, using their own position and power for his own benefit right I think that's the ideal picture that we have of what the good leader looks like uh, it's, it's really not written anywhere right it's, it's not I think it's something that we know in our hearts and uh in today's passage I want to present to you that Jesus Christ fits that profile of a good picture perfectly so we'll see that we'll see a very um you know, supernatural and perfect picture of what leader looks like. And now, in verse 5, as sort of a context, Paul says this, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ. There Paul is summarizing uh, what the previous passage was all about, which was uh, having the mind of humility, by which we serve one another, by counting others more significant than uh, yourselves. And and now here, uh, today in this passage also, Paul will exhort the same thing about serving, but he's going to use Jesus Christ as a prime example and illustration. uh, And and that's how he's going to exhort us. And and before we go any further, I want to encourage you to, not have the mindset of uh, just copying Jesus just because you know, he's the example of this um, you know, humility. I think it's very easy to do that when we go through the Bibles. Um, and, and that's going to really lead us more of a behavioral modification, which is not what we, wa- what we don't want uh, because that just doesn't produce any lasting change in our lives. But rather, uh, what we want to do is that we want to become more like Christ in our character through meditating on the, the word and, you know, through applying. So let's do that. Let's, I want to invite us to uh, look at this passage and really try to understand and see, you know, what the nature of Christ is, what his character is, and how we want to become more like him. So that's our goal today. And the only two points uh, for this sermon, uh, the humiliation and the second the exaltation, just following the passage here. First, humiliation. Verse 6. Who, Jesus Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Right away, the word form there might throw somebody off here. Uh, the form there uh, does not mean just the outward form or outline or shape on the outside. As if to say, Jesus Christ was only, in appearance, God. But immediately, in, the, in context, in the verse, Paul mentions, you know, Jesus' equality with God uh, in the same sentence there. So what that means is that the form, the word form there, rather means the outward form, for sure, but that reflects uh, what's true inside. Uh, that's why, if you look at NIV, if you have NIV uh, Bible, it translates the verse: "He was in very nature inside God; He is God." That's what it means. So, in that vein, I think it's, it'll be helpful for us to see Jesus as the glory of God, like John 1 says, meaning that you know He is God on the inside, but He, you know, is someone that He's a person in Trinity that manifest the splendor of who God is. That's his role. Uh, And that's what form, again, means in the passage. So again, back to the verse, what that means is that, you know, Paul is saying, you know, although, you know, Jesus as, you know, uh, again, the second person of Trinity was equal with God the Father, and, and he was, in fact, his glory, and yet he didn't count the power and the privilege that came with being God, as a thing to be grasped, or better, a thing to take advantage of. In other words, you know, Jesus didn't intend to use his position as God for his own advantage. That's what the verse is saying. So he goes on in verse 7, that he emptied himself, he emptied himself of, of these privileges by taking the form of a servant, by being born in the likeness of man meaning he remained God all throughout, but instead of, you know, again, using whatever privilege uh, there was to fill himself greedily, rather he emptied himself um, of all the right to be served, and rather he became a servant. He served others. Uh, he served his people, and the greatest need his people had was their bondage to sin and death. So he had to become fully human in order to be the atonement for the humanity. Uh, That's what it means here. And now the question is, how far? Oh, it's pretty windy. You know, last time I preached, it was also windy as well outdoors. And I remember the canopy was hitting my head. So we got rid of canopy today, but it's still pretty windy. All right, okay. Back to the sermon. So now, so we saw how Jesus is serving. And the question now is, how far will Jesus go in this service? And we'll see that he's going to go deeper and deeper, like a down, downward slope in his self-emptying. So at verse 8, it says, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. So what it took for Jesus to serve us was to die to be a sacrifice, to satisfy the wrath of God. But does it stop there? No. He, Paul keeps going. Again, you know, it's a crescendo of the magnitude of his sacrifice. It says, even death on a cross. Meaning he was, he went all the way in his obedience and commitment and died on the cross. And cross, the crucifixion, was really the most cruel execution method in human history. It was inhumane, uh, considering the amount of Pain that it inflicted on humans. So the people, the Romans back then wouldn't even mention the word crucifixion. It was a taboo word because they would gag at the thought of um, crucifixion. And it was shameful too. You know, it was, you know, the, the criminals would be hung on a tree like an animal, you know, being deprived of any human dignity. And that's how Jesus died. That's how far Jesus went to serve you and me. And all that to say in this passage so far, what Paul is trying to say is this, that this is who Jesus is. This is his nature. This is who God is. In his character and attitude, he doesn't use any of his godness, privilege, for his own benefit, but he serves others. His, His motto, his whole life is all about give, 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 as opposed to get, get, get. That's who he is. And I think the, this, this attitude and this, um, lifestyle resembles a parent's heart towards their children. You know, as some of you guys know, um, Deb and I welcomed our newborn Seth, uh, about a year ago. And before Seth was born, uh, you know, I would go to the grocery store to buy some food. You know, my objective at, at the stores was really just to get the cheapest food possible on the shelf. You know, as long as it was edible and, and cheap, that's that's all I cared about. Uh, but once Seth was born, I noticed a difference. Which was, I would go to grocery stores and I would spend more time and I would consider different options such as, you know, organic or USDA certified. And of course, I cannot buy organic all the time because it's expensive, but you, know, you see, I spend more time and money there. It's because parents, they give, give, give what's best for their children. And, and I also remember just uh, something like this from my parents too. Uh, growing up, you know, during mealtimes, towards the end, you know, my mom would always um, stop eating because like there's only like some food left over. And the she would stop eating and just tell me, like, hey Aiden just finish what's left over and even back then even as a kid i knew that i knew that my mom was still hungry i knew that she could eat more but she was stopping herself and letting me finish because why she wanted me to have what's best she wanted me to have you know more wow it's a lot of wind and dust blowing everywhere so thanks for your patience um, so, the point is this. Naturally, parents, out of their love for their children, they give, give, give what's best for their children. Likewise, God, in his love for his people, that's who he is. That's his nature. You know, he gives, gives, gives. He doesn't hoard. He uses whatever resource that he has as, a, as, God, as, as God to serve people. And before we go to the next point, I just want us to meditate on this nature of God personally. You know, personally, when you look at your own life, how has God shown this character of his to you? How has he been faithful to you? What kind of blessings that he has showered onto your life? What is it? Especially think about the cross. Can you see the glimpse of this selflessness towards you in his love for you. And as you do that, and as we grow more, again, not just copying his behavior, but really trying to become more like Christ in his character, can we be like that too? Is there any blessings in our lives that God has given us that we can use to serve others instead of using it for ourselves? That's the question. And now, second exaltation. Now in response to Jesus' perfect obedience of humility, God the Father in this passage exalts him highly. Verse 9, it says this, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Their name I think in our culture, name is just a label, right? Just to, just to distinguish, you know, a John Doe from a Jane Doe. But in the Bible, name is much more meaningful. It connotes the person, the nature and the quality of that person. And, and the verse says, you know, God the Father bestowed on Jesus a name. What that means is he gave Jesus the title that affirms who Jesus is in his character. And jump to eleven, we we find what the name is. The name is none other than Lord. So, what is Lord? In Old Testament, people regarded the personal name of God Yahweh uh, to be absolutely holy, too holy to be uttered with our, you know, unholy lips. So, whenever the name would come up, the people would say Adonai, which means Lord in English. So. Whenever you read the Bible in Old Testament, uh, whenever the Lord is all caps, that really refers to Yahweh. Okay? And now back in Philippians passage, you know, God the Father then gave the name Yahweh, Lord, to Jesus. And that, that that makes sense, you know, being the very name of God. This name is indeed the name that is above every name. And by the way, this happened. You know, after the resurrection, when he ascended to heaven, you know, God placed Jesus at the right hand of God, uh, which is a kingly throne. So this is this, this the scene here. God exalted him, gave him the highest title of God being the ruler and the king and the Lord of the universe. You know, that is what's happening here. He exalted him. And please follow with me here. But here's a twist, which is, Despite this public declaration of, you know, this title and who Jesus is, not we know throughout history and even now, there are many people who do not honor Jesus as such, as Lord, right? And even now, we know only those who believe in Christ imperfectly choose to honor Jesus as Lord. So what's going on here? So we go on, last two verses. It says, so at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Meaning in exalting Christ, God the Father set a day when everything will be made right. Everybody, you know, in the universe will honor Jesus Christ as Lord. And, and there, uh, the, the, the phrases there is as the, the every knee in heaven, you know, which refers to angels on earth, which refers to uh, the human beings and under the earth, the dead and the demons. Meaning on that day when Jesus comes back in full splendor, every rational being in the universe will bow down and submit to Christ as their king. And, and here, we have to mention that there, there are going to be two groups on that day, although everybody will be you know, honoring him. First group will be gladly honoring Christ because they have trusted him, they have loved him in their lives, and they will uh, give the praise and honor and worship to Christ from their hearts. But there's the other group. Uh, it, it, this group will consist of humans and angels who were in rebellion against Jesus. So on that day, this group, this, these beings will not, you know, gladly praise Jesus. No, these people will be very reluctant. In, in fact, they, they will be in shame. You know, they will helplessly fall down because of the majesty and the power that Jesus w- will show to them. And that's what's going to happen to this group. And to illustrate that, I shared this example before, but my family and I went to, Niagara Falls um, a while ago, and, uh, and at, at this time, this was the second time that we went, and uh, we were able to go under and behind the fall. I, I forgot the name I think it's cave of something. I forgot the name. So I went there and it was a powerful experience. You know I was like behind this gigantic fall, um, and the, the torrent of the falling water was so powerful that even though I was some distance away, I was like literally shaking, but I became curious. I, w- I wanted to experience the full magnitude of you know this. So I went a little closer and I uh, held my arms like this. Like I went up uh, to the top of the fall just to kind of experience the whole thing. And uh, I kid you not, I was like literally going like this and then almost fell. Uh, I think I actually kind of fell too because it was that powerful. And I think that's a good picture, again, of what's going to happen on on the last day. At the magnitude, at the majesty of Jesus in his full splendor, everyone will be compelled to bow down like you're under the Niagara Fall. It will be just that powerful so that no one can resist his power and they will fall down. And the question then is, will you gladly you know bow down and worship him and be saved or will you be doing that reluctantly and be separated separated from Jesus in eternity that's what's happening here so now all this is to say you know what does this mean this this scene of exaltation in the context of serving others Paul here is showing us exaltation scene to show us that just as God honored Jesus for his life of humility and service, so too will he honor us if we endure and serve others like Christ. Meaning, you know, as we see in the example of Jesus, if you really try to live this life of humility and service, you know, it'll be inconvenient at best and excruciating at worst. You know, it'll require us to go out of our comfort zone you know, sacrifice our, you know, resources and privileges and at times, you know, lose face and and lose reputation. reputation, And, and for some, maybe for literally, you know, you may have to go through this physical danger and even death. That's what the life is all about if you're, you know, s- serving. But just as God exalted Jesus after all these things, he will vindicate those who serve others in humility like Christ. That's what it's trying to say here. Um, You know, these days, I don't know why, I don't know if this happens to you or not these days, but I get a lot of random uh, flashbacks uh, these days, meaning like, you know, just random memories of the past from like when I was very little. And and this one is one of them. Uh, I think it's from when I was six or seven. And again, I don't know how I remember this. You know, I was just really little. So imagine, you know, six or seven-year-old Aiden, right? So on this random day, you know, I had my, you know, friend over. And we're just, like, playing, you know, playing with, like, robots or toys or whatnot. And at some point, this friend of mine, friend of mine, he left, you know, without helping me clean up. And uh, so I was, like, after he left, I was cleaning up. And I guess, you know, in that kid's heart, I guess I was hurt that my friend left without helping me. So I started weeping and crying. Um, so I was like crying for a while as I was cleaning up. And then I, I kind of felt s- something strange. So I looked up and I realized my mom was watching me through the window. In fact, he was, she was watching me the whole time, you know, from the beginning of, you know, our, you know, playing and uh, and afterwards, I guess she was really mad at that friend of mine, so uh, she would never allow that friend of mine to come over to my place anymore, so I guess he was banned for life at our at our house. But all jokes aside, I think it's like that with God, meaning you know when we again try to honor honor God and, and serve others it'll always be hard. You know, we'll sometimes feel taken advantage of and, uh, you know, we feel lonely and burned out and sad and angry even. And we'll feel like nobody's watching. But the fact of the matter is that God watches when we strive to be like Christ and serve others. And He will honor our faithfulness in full splendor. And therefore, He is encouraging us to keep going Live a life of sacrifice because it will be worth it. And let me end with this. Um, last week, uh, I had a dream, a little dream. And in that dream, you know, I was having a meal. Uh, true story. I having a meal with these two young adults in our church. Uh, and I thought it was kind of random because, you know, uh, I hadn't seen them in a while uh, because of the pandemic. And, you know, we're not in the same breakout group in the young adult uh, life group. Uh, for those of you who don't know, by the way, uh, this year we are um, young adults are meeting as one life group on Zoom. And then we are breaking into consistent, you know, uh, breakout groups for Bible study. So this is like consistent groups all throughout. But these two guys were not in my group. So again, I thought it was random that these, these two guys showed up in my dream. And uh, so, and I started thinking, like, you know, why this dream happened? And it it occurred to me, um, the plan for that day, so the, the it was the day of the life group for young adults, and the plan was that, all right, <laughs> the plan was that that day, that's okay, that day, uh, we would mix him up, you know, instead of consistent group, we would mix him up uh, so we can just randomly so that we can get to know each other. And I was thinking like, oh, wait, what if these two guys in my dream get assigned to my group? And I'll know that this is God's doing. And I think he's going to, I think he's basically telling me to, you know, serve them somehow. This has to be it. And, and now the, the live group starts at seven. And, uh, and this, you know, someone just again randomly using zoom function assigns everybody to four different groups. And I check my screen to see who's in my group. And behold, these two guys were in my, in my group. Okay. And I was like, Oh, shoot. (laughs) They're here. And I was, you know, really pleasantly surprised. Uh, because again, I really felt that God was you know doing that to um, tell me something and you know reach out to them and, and serve them somehow, so after the life group, you know I, I messaged them and you know, asked them how they're doing and uh, uh, I ended up meeting meeting up with uh, one of them because the other one I had met up with uh, not too long ago, so I met, met with him virtually on zoom and I really enjoyed the time you know I, I could catch up with them and see how he's doing and how his family's doing and it was productive for me because, you know, I could learn how I can be praying for him and his family. So it was great. I hope you enjoyed it too, but I enjoyed it. Um, and, and after this whole, you know, thing, it, it dawned on me. It really rebuked me because I realized during the time of pandemic, I was really serving myself in many different aspects. What do I mean? You know, I have a very packed, you know, schedule that I like to, like, you know, keep and organize. You know, like FNL prep and ministry stuff. And you know, if you know, you guys message me. You know, I I like put you in different slots in my schedule. And you know, and then I was taking of taking care of Seth, my son. You know, with with my wife. And and nothing's wrong with the scheduling, of course. But then I realized that I was controlling my life and I wouldn't let go of it. So that I, you know, whenever Things like this happen when God brings, you know, people into my life out of nowhere. You know, I like stutter. I'm like, oh, 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 that's not my plan. So I have to expand. I have to expand myself and, you know, serve them. You know, so to speak. I have to empty myself. You know, go extra mile to, you know, meet with them and see how they're doing. But you see what I mean. I think during this time of pandemic, perhaps for many of us, struggle is. That we like to stay in a cocoon. And, and for the, for the good reasons, for sure, you know, we have to stay safe. But even, you know, spiritually and relationally to, even though there are tools, we can be prone to stay, you know, comfortable and only hang out with uh, those who are, those who we are, you know, feeling comfortable with. And, and what, what happens if we keep going in that direction is that, you know, we will become selfish, right? because we are not emptying ourselves. We are filling ourselves with what we want, what we are comfortable with. So that's my encouragement for our church. You know, as we go through this time of pandemic, when this passage says, you know, our life, if we really want to become like Christ, the result will be that selfless service, even to the point of death. That's what our Lord showed us. And that's what we're called to do. So may we, just like, I don't know, what happened to me, maybe one important way for our church is that we go out of our way and seek people and care for people who are not in our circle, so to speak, and, and love them that way. And as we do that, as we remember from the exaltation of Christ, may we remember that God sees, God watches, God honors every single striving, to be more like Christ in serving others. Let's pray together. Let's just take just a just few moments, a little bit, um, meditating on Jesus Christ, you know, who He is, you know, what He's like to us, towards us, how He loves us, and how God sees and God will honor every single thing that we do to be more like Him in our service to others. So let's pray a little bit and I'll I'll close for us. Heavenly Father, thank You for this time. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You for Jesus Christ who shows us the way, the truth, and the life. And His character, His nature, His tender mercy. That's who You are. And we adore You. We honor You as Lord, and may you change us, may you become, uh, you know, more in our hearts so that we can become more like Christ, especially in our humility, humble service to others. Help us, encourage us, especially those who have been discouraged. Uh, May you speak to them and restore their hearts back to you. Pray in Jesus' name.
1: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the reminder that uh, Jesus Christ um, uh, gave himself for us, not only as an example, but that uh, the gospel story becomes the strength and the fuel and the power in our lives to be like Christ, that you actually fuel us every single moment as we meditate on the gospel message to become like Jesus so that we can serve others and uh, demonstrate Christ in a visible way into the lives of others. Uh, We thank you, Lord, that we can always go to you uh, when we are at the end of ourselves, that we can go to you and you fuel us um, with your never-ending love. Help us to remember that in the, the real uh, situations that we live in. Uh, we pray that the message of the gospel would make a difference, a visible difference in our lives, that we can show others who Jesus is. Thank you, Lord. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, this uh, unchanging covenant love of the Father God, fellowship and the strength, the power of the Holy Spirit be with you both now and forever. Amen.